0: Welcome, grab an oar and have a seat. There's always plenty of room and there's always room to paddle. Welcome to Fishing Without Bait, a lifetime without definitive expectations where we help people explode into their lives through full impact mindfulness. If you're welcome nowhere else, you're welcome here. The only admission price is the honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness to try. As always, we offer an eclectic roster of guests, and tonight we've invited back one of our absolute favorites, uh Miss Santina Grace. Santina, welcome back.
1: Thanks for having me back, Jim. Uh, happy to be here.
0: For those of you who may not be familiar with uh Santina's uh special abilities, if you could possibly go back and continue your time machine. And go back to episodes 219, 220, and 221. Um, Perhaps you can get a better grasp of uh, Miss Santina's special abilities. All of us have gifts, talents, abilities, Santina. And yours seems to be uh, with the medium and being able to connect. And there's many things with this pandemic raging throughout the United States. And here we are in Pittsburgh. There's much talk about connection and people's lack of. Could you catch us up a little bit where you're at with that?
1: I really do believe that this time is meant to be, I mean, we've got to look at life as a lesson. Life is all about lessons and what you can learn and what you can take from it. So a lot of um, people come to me and they're asking, you know, what is this lesson? Like, I really just feel as if I'm in timeout. And in a sense, we kind of are because there's really, you know, a lot of places are closed. Um, you're advised to kind of stay home, um, which is where I am right now. Um, and so, really, what I think this time, what the gift of this time is, if you, you know, because once we're out of this time, it will be easier to see the, the the positivity of it. Is to really take a look inside of ourselves to really reflect. Um, I, I, you know, it's easy. I think a lot of us at the beginning of the pandemic took a look at our environment and a lot of people did home improvement. You know, you're looking at your four walls. So you start to think about the things that have always bugged you and you start to make improvements. You know, you, something maybe be like the paint in a room or some sort of thing that was broken. Um, you, you repair it. So the same thing with ourselves, it, it's kind of like, once you've exhausted that kind of looking outside of yourself and your environment to improve it. You really, what I feel like we're doing now in these winter months, because there's less activity outside. There's more of this feeling of wanting to be inside where it's warm. So it's a perfect time, in my opinion, and it's something that I'm personally focusing on, is starting a meditation practice and learning to find that kind of quiet inside of yourself. um, Just to kind of, you know, dispel a lot of that noise that you hear because it can be really discouraging every day just to hear you know the death tolls and you know the amount of people who are positive and and that kind of thing um there is hope it looks like there's some some good things coming for us in 2021 as far as like maybe some vaccines or some treatments for for this um you know disease that's that's kind of inflicted this whole planet um but i just really feel like it would be it would be really you'd be remiss if you didn't focus on the fact that this is a time for us to really do some self-work. Um, and then when we emerge from this time and we reconnect and we have the ability to be around each other, it should really be about appreciating the company of others. We, we really should never take that for granted. And I think in this time out, um, there is a feeling and a sense of isolation at times. And, and I you know, I'm human and Everyone feels it and, and it, whether, you be, whether you are at home alone by yourself, um, quarantining or, or with another person that might be driving you a little bit crazy, <laughs> um, it's all kind of part of this lesson that we're kind of going through and learning to appreciate each other, learning to kind of um, just finally look at those parts of ourselves that we had been distracted with the outside world for so long and we really just didn't pay attention to. So that's kind of what I'm up to, and that's what I think this time is about.
0: So re-listening to our episodes from last year, just about at this time, uh, I caught on rather quickly that you were so much more than a medium. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I felt that you had such a tremendous insight into people into the human experience and helping people to actually reconnect to that human experience. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I I guess I mean, the words that they the I guess the terms they call is like a psychic medium. But really, truly what I believe I do is I give people a a different perspective, a different viewpoint on kind of where they find themselves in life, because a lot of times it can be really easy to just see the only the things in front of us that that are seemingly where we are stuck or where, you know, what our circumstances are. And sometimes it's hard to just see beyond that or see the fact that there are choices and that, you know, if we make a choice, it, does, it can actually change and affect us in, in really positive ways. Um, I've had the privilege of really working with a lot of people. And over the years, I think the thing that makes me the happiest is getting to connect with people and them telling me, you know, something that I said, and and I've got to be honest with you, I believe in this thing called like, it's the spiritual, like, um, confidentiality agreement, I really don't remember anything um, that I'm channeling that I'm I'm getting intuitively. So it's really meant for the person that I'm reading for. So I only really know about the impacts of, of the things that I bring through after the fact. And when people come to me, and let me know how, you know, their life has shifted. So it's really kind of interesting.
0: Well, therapists and the like are often termed as the helping profession. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of looking at you as being in the healing profession.
1: Yeah, I would think so too. um, Because all I really do is I, I, I take people's attention to, as I was saying earlier, to those parts of themselves that they kind of disregard, don't pay attention to, or either really don't want to look at. And they, you know, busy themselves in their life and distract themselves by other things. And it's kind of like, well, hey, wait a minute, if if we just take a look at this, and if you just make a few alterations to this, you know, things can shift for you and, and some possibilities can open up. So...
0: Well, we discussed so many things last time when we discussed Mm -hmm. about the beginners and the expert's mind, and we talked about – I was particularly interested when you gave me the definition of a psychic uh, having precognition, and you suggested that most people – Human beings have this type of precognition, but however, we're not present and aware enough to recognize that we have it because we're so distracted by outside information.
1: Correct. I think that anytime anybody has said they've had deja vu, that's right there. Um, you, if, if you have that sense of, I've I've lived this, I've seen this, I have felt this before, that feeling of deja vu, you're intuitive. Um, I, I really do believe that, um, a lot of people have, um, different types of gifts. Some of us are what we call empathic and you feel other people's emotions and you take them on as if you're out, they're they're your own. And I think that can be hard for some people because a lot of times, and I think if, especially in, in these days, you feel a lot of stress and anxiety from others in this world. And your life might be, you might just be going along your day having just this wonderful time. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you've got all this anxiety and this tension, you might feel like tightness in your chest, and you're not quite sure mentally where that happened to you. And that's a true case of somebody who might be empathic, you might have picked up some emotional output that it's almost like radio waves, you know, you just kind of like, you can't see it, but you can feel it. And there's a part of you, there's an aspect of you, your energy field, which I believe, it actually connects us to each other. Um, so, yeah. And, and anytime you've been in like a grocery store line, and maybe, I mean, honestly, in the world right now, there's a lot of, you know, controversy over masks, right? So, if you've ever experienced there being a confrontation about someone refusing or not wanting to, whatever, whatever the case may be, you can feel that tension. You can feel that emotion. And that's kind of being like empathic. So, that, oh, sure. that connects you there. Well, it's but, like um,
0: reading the room. What's that? Reading the room. Some people say reading the room. I just is, I read but the more, room.
1: It's more than reading; it's feeling yeah,
0: the room, right? I remember years ago, a few years ago, I was down in Charleston, South Carolina, with my brother, mm-hmm. and we were walking around the town. He lives outside of there, and I walked past this place, and I felt I felt this horrible feeling, just awful dread and i said my gosh i said i'm feeling this awful feeling i said where are we and she said he said we're outside the old slave market and i said oh my and he said would you want to go in there and i said absolutely not
1: yeah places hold energy as well so um i say this a lot with harris or not harris get with gettysburg um so if, you know if you ever visit gettysburg it's got a lot of history to it right um it's kind of like a ghost hunter mecca right now so when you think about how many years there were, you know, there was fighting and war there, of course, but then think about all the years where, you know, ghost hunting was the thing and yes. fear, there's so much fear there. There's so much. So I don't particularly enjoy going there. I mean, I and I respect it for the historic significance that it is, but I also just the energy of that space and the people perpetuating, you know, ghosts and fear. And it's something that you can easily connect
0: into. Well, I remember listening to our previous podcast, you said that you'd prefer not to go on it because you'd ruin their time for them. Because you could say, Hey, I can, I can tell you what's going on here. Um, (laughs) So generally when I deal with people and we talk about making decisions, emotional mind versus wise mind decisions, I always ask them to say, what is your, what is your data gathering, fact sorting and shifting brain your clinical observation of this situation conceptualize it for me and then i'll ask them about their emotional center their heart i'll say i'll say tell me what your heart tell me what your emotions feel about this and then i'll say tell me what your gut feeling is tell me what your intuitive feel your immediate intuitive feel for this situation is and i i suggest to folks that when you're head and your heart and your gut aligned you'll know the answers. And I think this precognition has a whole lot to do with what this intuitive gut type of feeling is.
1: Definitely. Yeah, some people even experience precognitive dreams um where they'll have a dream. I mean, it, I teach classes about dream interpretation as well. Um because you have to know the difference between fear-based stuff that you're just replaying your life or you're replaying some things and you're the things that you may have talked about throughout the day. And then actual things where it feels like it could be a past life. It could be someplace in the future. I mean, we go some really interesting spaces when, when, uh, you know, we're unconscious and we're in that dreaming state. And one of the things I've been kind of really interested in during the pandemic and learning about our brainwave frequencies Mm -hmm. and, and learning about kind of the differences and, and how those affect us, and how we can kind of retrain the brain um, through some different stages. So that's kind of something I've found um, an interest in during this time.
0: Well, I do a lot of dream analysis myself, uh, and I'm not a Freudian. However, Freud always said that uh, your dreams were your window into your soul. Uh, deal with a lot of unfinished business. So I'm really interested in uh, this precognition and how people... How people lost that, Santina?
1: You know, I really do think that it was, I think I may have said this in the in the previous show, I think it's something that was part of kind of our DNA when we were kind of hunters, gatherers, and we were living more of a wildlife, less domesticated, less inside, you know, our homes, when we had to be more nomadic peoples. And we had to kind of, you know, in the wintertime, it was t- like the birds, we would need to go south because we were very, you know, the people just kind of needed to go where they needed to go. So you had to have a sense of if we take this path, if I look at the things around me, if I smell things. So we used our senses so much more. You know, we listened to things. We we used smell. Um, we, we used our memory. We used touch. We used a lot of things that I think now we kind of just take for granted because we really have these kind of lives that are very... um. Just, I, I hate to say, it, but like, very easy. I mean, it's as easy as like go to, you know, put, order something online and it's delivered to your house. So you really don't need to, um, to have these skills. But I believe that you know there, and I, I feel that it's something that I've worked with, and and I think it's in a lot of like martial arts where you actually feel energy. You can actually feel the presence of someone in another room. You can feel the presence of of just energy in that corner. And I think we had that when we had to be more in a wild kind of environment when we felt movement. We felt energy. We it was more subtle, but um I don't know. That's that's my philosophy well, on sure. it. And that's why I think it's been dampened a bit.
0: Well the uh amygdala is one of the oldest parts of the human brain and what it did it I kind of refer to it as sensors on full. Uh and of course, when the amygdala becomes way too overactive and overcomes all parts of your brain, then that's where the anxiety and the panic attacks come from. However, we we needed to have that hypervigilance back in that time to survive.
1: Yeah, and I think that, I got to be honest with you, I think it's helpful in these times to survive because... When And that's what I was saying about, you know, meditation is so very critical right now, because it, it quiets that mind, it quiets that, the noise and all of the the stimulation that we're exposed to, you know, all throughout the day with worry and fear based stuff. And it really allows us to kind of tap into a sense of like, kind of inner calm, inner wisdom. And even that inner knowing that precognition of like, I feel as if it's going to be okay. And I, I have to be honest with you. I mean, I connect in with um, what I consider to be like my spirit guides there. And you can say they're angels. You could say they're Mm -hmm. people who um, were related to me who've passed on. um, But I feel very connected to them and I I hear messages. And so what I actually use my intuitive abilities now for is, is it safe for me to do a real quick trip to the store? Do I feel like that's going to be a good um, experience for me? Um, I, I remember in my life, feeling and seeing and sensing a car accident and you know and then shortly after a day or two after being in a bit of a fender bender myself so there is some um self-preservation that I think comes with intuition it really is self-serving and it's it's good for us I think it's it's a defense it's to me another way of kind of I don't know how else to say but like our our own nature taking care of ourselves so it's a it's protection, whatever you want to call it, guardian angel, Mm -hmm. um, support. Um, but I, I do believe in that. And I think that when you have something like that, where it may come to you as a flash, it may come to you as a whisper. Um, you really need to trust in that because what does it cost to listen to something that, you know, is, is cautious and, and helps you out as opposed to ignoring it and wishing you had listened to it. You know so i I just always trust that that voice and sometimes things like with with the the case where i had a sense of i heard actually in my mind um breaks screeching and um i remember that whole situation and it was like i felt on edge for the the two days and you know when it did happen i thought okay i knew this was gonna happen i'm gonna be all right and i it helped me to kind of remain calm in the situation And luckily, it wasn't a very serious thing because I was kind of driving carefully at the moment. So um, it turned out to be, I think, a lot less than maybe what it could have been had I not listened to that awareness.
0: Well, Santina, one of my goals is to always try to help people develop a mind of awareness rather than a mind of uncertainty and fear and to help people to just simply pay attention. attention.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, paying attention is critical it's critical. And I think, um, listening to that, like inner voice that all of us have is something that I I don't know why, but somehow we, we are trained against listening to that. Um, and it's, it's something that I think if we can get back to that, that starts to open up intuitive abilities right then and there, just to listen to that, that inner voice. Now we all have the inner voice. That's the nagging kind of, not on your team type of voice, the one that's very critical, self-critical, sure. that can be that can be useful. But that's not the voice that I'm kind of talking about. I'm talking about one that just kind of, it feels like it comes from like what you were saying, your heart space, your gut, you know, that kind of a space where you can like, it's really inside of you and you feel it as if, I don't know where this is coming from, but I feel like I need to trust this.
0: You okay, know? So how do you help people detox enough to open those channels up?
1: Again, I hate to be repetitive here, but it is meditation. You have to learn to quiet your mind. You have to learn to sit in silence. And I know a lot of people, it's really hard. And so I often tell people, start out with a guided type of visualization. And if that doesn't work for you and you still can't you know, learn to meditate just by listening, if you, you can't keep your mind focused on um, what what's being presented to you through the person's voice, and i think that you should do some active meditation and, and there is such a thing it just doesn't mean sitting in a room you know with your hands on your lap you know fingers like pressed like this it it can be painting it could be doodling it could be singing it could be dancing in your living room to crazy music and we're you know dancing in a way where nobody sees you and just not thinking about anything in that moment that's what meditation is it's about clearing that mind and giving it's almost like and some people who have trouble with meditating and getting all of the thought process out of their mind, I often say, just imagine like a white sheet, like a linen sheet on like a laundry line blowing in the breeze. And if that's all you can think of, at least you got a blank slate and a white sheet in your mind and you're not thinking about anything else. And, and you know, I often say like when the mind wanders, sometimes it's good to follow it where it goes because a lot of the times that's Intuitive kind of thought process goes, but when that mind starts to wander into areas of "Did I do this? Did I forget that? What do I have to do tomorrow?" That's where you kind of have to go back and and, and almost you're fishing with out bait. You got to reel yourself. Uh, back I love that a little bit and just put a little tie in there.
0: <laughs> so and when people say, you know, I'm repeating myself. Well, we need to have things repeated because. As human beings, Santina, as in the 12-step world, there's a concept that we have quick forgetters. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's so easy to go back to patterns, right? So we have these bad habits and, you know, it's about creating new habits and good habits and habits that support you rather than, um, you know, tear you down. So I think that this time... It can be really hard because you may want to kind of go to a space where, um, it's easy, where it's easy and it's comfortable and it's something that you've always done. Like, sure, I'd love to, you know, sit on my couch and stream some movies and do whatever. But it's harder to kind of like, and this is something I'm struggling with. But even making time every day, exercise every day, you know, the meditation is something that is easy for me because I get such benefit out of it and I love to do it, so I do it pretty often. Um. But yeah, just kind of, you, it's like we really need to be regimented in this space too because it's real easy for days and nights and, you know, weekends and weekdays to kind of all blend in together in this kind of space. So especially those of us that are having to kind of stay home.
0: So it's it's action and effort, uh, Santina, that make a future possible, okay? And... Thinking is great. However, we have to put some action behind that. I don't think I ever told you the lottery story before. So here's how I talk about faith in action. Uh, and I do this at rehabs frequently. I'll say, there was a person who prayed to win the lottery every day, all oh, just sweat blood, prayed every day and nothing ever happened. So they got so angry that they screamed up to the sky they said god why won't you let me win the lottery and god called back down and said could you meet me halfway and at least buy a ticket so the idea is we need to buy the ticket
1: right 100% yeah you can't win if you don't play
0: that's right it's 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 not what we say it's what we do right uh, so it's action and effort it's the action and effort behind that it's like being grateful is wonderful, but but gratitude's an action word. It's- right,
1: but I like to say play because I feel like when we put the word play there, uh-huh. it's not a chore. It's not a chore. So I at meditation. as like, that's play for me. You know, um, exercise a lot of times is like play for me. You know, I'm going to go on a hike. I'm going to be outside in the woods. So that's play. So the more you can make, I think, some of this stuff that is, you know, I think uh, activities like you're saying, actions that support yes. you. I think the more that you make it like play, the more that you make it fun, the more you're likely to do it. Well, so that's why I say play. Sure.
0: <laughs> well, that's the difference between having to do something and choosing to do it. So I often, those self-defeating words, you know, 90% of cognitive behavioral therapy is about changing the language in the way you speak to yourself. And choosing to do something